you know, a year later in 2012, when he came back to buy the other one and I realized that it's 2012 and now suddenly I own this plus, it wasn't long before I realized, you know, maybe I can start renting it out. And, and, and I could do that because I had a network of people that I had cultivated over the previous four years. That was Alex Maxa, the founder of Gilly Bus. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. If you missed part one with Alex, please go back and listen. In this episode, Alex picks up where he left off with his first visit to San Francisco. We talk about his college days in upstate New York, graduating and moving around a bit, and a fateful trip with his dad to Tokyo in 2008. Alex moved to San Francisco shortly after that. He shares the story of starting Gilly Bus, his bus rental service based here in the city. I first heard about Gilly Bus through April M, who connected us with the folks at Pop's Bar back in 2020. Then, when Aaron and I were putting our wedding together last summer, Jillian from Casements mentioned Alex and Gilly Bus as a great way to get our guests from the bar down Mission Street to Royal Cuckoo. We ended up on the second shuttle, and it was such a fun ride, I felt we had to have Alex on the show. Here he is, Alex Maxa of Gilly Bus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, San Diego is probably just for fun, but by the time we were getting to LA, we were looking at, you know, a bunch of schools out there. I think she was like really into Pomona and she wanted to go to Pomona and she wanted to go to, I love UC Santa Cruz. I mean, I love the, the, the banana slug concept, the boardwalk, oh, yeah. the yep. boardwalk with the amusement park. Um, Did y'all go there? She, we went back to visit a second time when she was really trying to decide between Barnard in New York, which she was not a good fit for and got the hell out as soon as she could, but she loved New York City, between Barnard and UCSC. Okay. And and the famous story, well, I, I'm the only one who tells this story. I think it's funny. It's now, and now it's kind of a cliche in my own. She, you know, we're, we're sitting there, it's the second time she's done the tour and she just can't make up her mind. And she says, and she wants to play tennis too. And so she's 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 thinking about UC Santa Cruz. She's thinking about going to New York and sort of not doing that. And she goes, hey, could you tell me um, where again are the freshman dorms? And the person on the tour is like, well, actually here we call them fresh people. And, <laughs> I, and I think that moment was where she was like, ah, I don't necessarily want to, if I'm going to like, if I'm going to like create a new personal brand, I think I wanted to go to New York city. Right. Um, and, and it, so it was that that's, but that's a very, that wasn't, that didn't turn anybody off. Um, it just is the, the joke I make about like really how a pivotal moment went down, which was yeah the family not having anything to do with California at that point right. until, until, you know, another 14 years. Yeah. Um, so that was that. She put the kibosh on um, any fun, fun uh, uh, future for me in California for the time being. When she said, "You know, I'm going to go to go to New York City and be that person." So of course, I, you know, later on, I was trying. I, that was the magnet. I was always going to New York to hang out with her. And right. Um, but yeah, but, did, we but y'all, y'all came to San Francisco on that on one of those two we, trips. We, yeah, we came to SF and um, we stayed at our friend's house. And uh, where was that? Where in the that city? was up in um, uh, Presidio Heights. Okay. Um, Jack Sullivan and Catherine Sullivan um, were the couple. 
they knew Catherine knew my my mom and dad from DC area. She went to school mm -hmm. out here. They must have met somehow mm -hmm. in the 70s or 80s. And so um we got out there and their house is absolutely massive. Yeah, I bet there's a sauna in it. Um yeah. you know, it, it had a giant roof deck overlooking the the, the bridge um, presidio and the bridge. Yeah. Um and um I didn't know that that wasn't necessarily you know it fit in with dc i mean like we we were in we were in upper northwest um you know by the cathedral by the naval observatory which down the president's house you know people have yards monuments um, and, yeah. and it's embassy row right so you know uh there's a lot that, and the presidential motorcades are driving by my house yeah on the on massachusetts avenue on the reg um there's a homeless man with an MP5 who's actually a Secret Service guy on the corner that evening because Bill and Hillary are going to the movies. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And, and but, so, but, how, but so, so how old were you? Was this, you said this I, was like I, 92, I was, 3? I was, like, it was 93, 94. So I'm, I'm 10, 10, 11. 10 and yeah. 11. And yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was psyched. I mean, I thought SF was the real deal. LA was cool, but this was reminded me a lot of DC. I could actually live here. New York scared the hell out of me. New York City scared the hell out of me. Where can you just relax here? Right. So, so besides besides some of those similarities between DC and SF as a 10, 11 year old, like what what other kinds of impressions? did you have or was that it were you were you like this is a version of what i'm what it was I'm like a music at. video i mean okay. california was mtv come to life mm. um you know if i'd seen like badass you know john carpenter movies and like exploitation movies about new york city as a kid you know which i wasn't allowed to and maybe i would have fallen in love with like escape from new york era new york city and been like this is really cool this is like a movie but i just mm -hmm. thought it was terrifying so right. to me la and san francisco were like oh my god i'm touching it it's real mm -hmm. and i remember we drove to stinson um because these people had one of this these family these family friends had one of those houses on oh, the beach. Like awesome. didn't know that that wasn't normal. Um, right. <laughs> right. And, and we were driving out there and I was like, oh my God, like, and we must've been somewhere else in Marin with the rolling hills. But I was like, this mm -hmm. is like the blind melon, no rain video where <laughs> maybe the, or maybe the smashing pumpkins today video where they're with the ice cream truck and like, the mm -hmm. rolling hill. like, I was like, that's, you know, and that we were, you know, four non blondes was on the radio and um in, in in la it was the oldies station it was motown it was you know not classic rock but like more like 60s motown stuff and um was there some magic to it alex oh yeah absolutely i mean for me it was pure uncut dad time without any of the dc stuff going you can you know, say you can cuss on the show yeah yeah be yeah, like you know my dad's a really chill chill fun guy but dc is a, a button-down place and a lot right. of time you know you had to put on some loafers or a blazer you know california none of that i could hang out with my dad and not like have to worry about adult like i was not playing up i wasn't playing a mm. punching ball. i was just my dad and my sister it was family time but also not no 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 mom you know, just San Francisco fun mom, the cool mom, um, Catherine Sullivan and Jack, you know, and Jack was a stockbroker. So he was at work until like 2 p.m. and then would come home. Um, and uh, and 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 so I had like, 
you know, we had like our caretaker parents, Jack and Catherine Sullivan and my dad and my sister, you know, we were like the gang, you know, right. so we, 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 we had a lot of fun and um, I got to, I got to be with, with, um, without them too. I would go just be with Catherine while my, my dad and my sister went and looked at Berkeley or something, you know? Mm -hmm. um, oh, I went there too, though. I went out to Amoeba. We saw the, the naked guy in Berkeley. The yes. naked guy? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yep. Um, it, it was just endless, um, endless stuff. I remember going to see The Fugitive in the mission at one of the theaters that's now a parking garage, I think. you know, Not, the, not the one where Casements is. No, I think it's the one. That was a theater. That, I think it's that one where you drop. You would. It's just the whole backside. It's it's like cat. It's you know on mission, around like, in the twenties or teens. It's it's you know it's like it's like Alamo Draft House took over one. It's yeah. the one on the other side of the street, further down. That that's that's casements. That's casements. Like you you drive through and the whole back. Yes, is... yes, that's casements. So what's the, what's what... the the El Capitan was the name of the theater. What's going on in that open area back parking lot? It's a parking lot. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. I see Jillian built her beer garden into that parking lot. Like she has a little space carved out and that's where we got married. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Sounds like you saw a movie where Casements is now. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I did. <laughs> let's just say, let's just tie it all together for this podcast. That's say cool. You did. Yeah. That's cool of me. Um, yeah. But uh, I had, I mean, that's the kind of thing where like when I moved to San Francisco, I had like a flashback. I was like, right. I don't remember, like to me, I didn't know we were in the mission or what, you know, whatever. I was of like, oh, let's go back to like, let's this is like kind of like LA. I've seen this. Let's go back up to, you know, the water and the, and the seals mm -hmm. um, or the sea lions. Um, yeah. So, so I, I got a good taste of things um, and it was, I, you know, I'm, st I'm, I'm 11 and at that time, 10 and 11, but you know, I'm still really fired up when I see trolleys at that age, you know, I, I yeah. didn't really get over, you know, so to see that happening where in DC, we only had trolley tracks from back in the day, like California, it was, the dream was that it was um, more in the past than the future. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't like, damn Silicon Valley and look at all these gadgets and man, they're, they, this is how people are going to do things in the future. I was like, this is just an alternate reality that has given me a bunch of perspective. Awesome. And it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Oh, that's right. There's going to be an earthquake. That's going to completely, you know, don't get too attached. Can we sort of slightly fast forward to that moment? Um, you said it was, what, what did you actually go to college and graduate and then decide or like, you know, did the first impression no, I, have anything to Okay, you yeah, decided to move I to left the building. Okay. Yeah, I was like, this is this is what I got to do. You know, I tried being a ski bum in Park City and working at, you know, the ritzy resort there to, you know, check my hotel school practical experience box. Uh, yeah. um, you know, got pretty shitty to mediocre grades. Uh, just couldn't see the point of investing in anything in particular i was too i was anxious i wasn't in that i wasn't in that good a time i wasn't that distracted i just couldn't understand where you know the job prospects were so demoralizing mm -hmm. um you know my favorite class was hotel and restaurant design and the teacher's like oh yeah you know maybe you can get a job in in orlando or detroit and your first job at this firm will be like digging through the the garbage of you know uh a um why would i even be digging through the garbage <laughs> <laughs> 
it was like looking up, you know, so when you're, when, when you're trying to design a restaurant and I can't remember why, oh, I'm really, I'm sorry. I just, like, I, I've, I've told this story and I, I just reached, hit a wall where I can't remember why you'd be doing this sort of op, oppo research or, yeah. dump, or dumpster diving to yeah. like determine stuff. I think it was probably to figure out like what the previous business was what their numbers i don't know so i i just and nothing no 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 shade like no hate to detroit or or orlando but i didn't know anybody in detroit or orlando mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that was that did not sound like a good time you know i was i was somebody who had a core group of friends from growing up who i loved to see i mean college i had a car drove all over the eastern seaboard visiting my friends because i would rather do that a lot of time than be you know where I was. Um, mm. So those. So this idea that I'm just going to move to Orlando or Detroit, you know, yeah. uh, you know, grab my suitcase and put on a suit and like, you know, and I'd been trying to get jobs every summer, you know, in New York City, working for. I'll just I'll just go straight and just get a corporate job at some hotel company and you know whatever. Um, it's not that easy. It just it wasn't ever a good fit. Um, I tried working at a hotel, and it was a family friend's place in over the river here in Virginia at a Relais Chateau place and. And by the first week, the F and B manager was like, "What are you, what are you doing here? Hmm. You don't want to do this." Hmm. It was that apparent. You you go to Cornell Hotel School and you want to go into operations at a hotel. Like I work here because my husband is the chef and we get to be at work <laughs> together. Otherwise, we'd have no time together. We work all the time. And this lady was cool, and I trusted her, and I quit. Um, and that. You know that that was that was an, that was somewhat immature, but whatever. Um, yeah. It 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 seemed like it, it, how can I come back from that? Yeah, I need to be motivated and happy. Um, I, I actually I'm going to argue with you. I think that's very mature. You corrected course. Yeah, I I, I corrected course without actually you know sitting down and looking anybody in the eye and explaining that. I'm sure to my parents it just looked like you know a guy who can't figure it out and is floundering why did he why does he want to do this if he doesn't want to do yeah. this why is yeah. he in the hotel you know it was well, undergraduate. To, to make a bus pun out of it you uh you, you put the bus in reverse yeah yeah <laughs> i slammed on the brakes i hit slammed on the brakes yeah and hit reverse yeah so let's hear about the decision what, what so was I, the decision to move out to san francisco um yeah it was a real um it was a real it took a it took it just what also happened? also it was 2008 was it like already when shit was completely the bottom was falling out in 2008 or was it before that yeah like in in, in the fall of 2000 when did when did like hold goldman on, when, when did, it was goldman sachs was like did, september when did Lehman brothers layman that, and that's september that, i think was that september 2008 yeah Right, of course, it wasn't 2007. So, no. so was, I, I, I always I have this memory of, of my friend telling me that his he's like walking out of the office because the firm got like his firm was tied to Lehman and it's over. And I thought I was in my basement apartment in Ithaca, but I wasn't. Um, I was I was out in California, I guess, by then. Um, yeah, that, that wasn't I, the gravity of that situation wasn't wasn't hitting me yet. I mean, Fannie Mae is a giant building that I in my neighborhood growing up that I went by a million times. Um, but I never quite um, understood what was going on until the shit hit the fan. So I wasn't strategizing. What, mm -hmm. what happened was 
um, my dad was, uh, he, he, he was, he had a television series that was, uh, you know, he was like, um, Rick Steves or Bourdain, right? He's a host. He goes somewhere, he brings the crew, he shoots the show. It's travel. It's a little bit of food. Um, but, uh, um, I'd been on a few of his, his, his gigs, let's call them, you know, when he's a journalist, he's flying somewhere to write about it, you know, but when he's doing the TV show, it's like, I'm part of the production team. So I went okay. to Italy, I think in 2004, my sister on one, went on one of these, and this is on, this is airing on PBS. Um, so, uh, it's kind of fun because people will see it. Um, right. you know, it's on, people would see his name on the TV guide on your, on the menu, on your TV in college. Like when you're sitting there on the couch, like, you know, wasting. I feel like I might've seen his stuff. Yeah. You might smart and travels not, not really. with Rudy Max. I mean, people like it. I, I, okay. to me, I, so, so, you know, it's 2008, <laughs> it's 2008. And he's like, I'm, you know, we're shooting in Tokyo, um, over, you know, over your spring break, you should come. So I went to Tokyo, even though spring break's only a week. Um, it was, it was some brutal jet lag, but I made the trip. And at that point in my life, you know, I'm 25 because I, transferred switch majors and took a year off i'm graduating late i'm putting off the inevitable real world um you know yeah yep. <laughs> i'm putting I, i'm trying to figure i'm scrambling trying to figure out what's going to happen once i um once um i uh break through the atmosphere i hope i don't burn up in it i need to get through <laughs> i need to figure out what i'm gonna do next and i still don't have a plan but i go to tokyo in march of 2008 for a week and it completely you know lit my my the lit the lit the pilot light you know mm -hmm. and i suddenly said this is absolutely incredible there are four or five times squares here in tokyo mm -hmm. i've learned the subway in two days and in new york i'm still screwing it up mm -hmm. um it's a complete other world these people have no idea that new york city like exists as far as I'm concerned, which has which had been the center of my universe for a good six to seven years at that point, due to right. my sister living there. Once I was sort of old enough to to get up there, you know. Mm -hmm. Like a, a, another funny story is, you know, my sister was being cool as hell in New York City in the '90s. She was working as a cocktail server at Conscience Point nightclub in the Hamptons um, in like '99, 2000, which was an absolute scene. It's like mm -hmm. peak bad boy you know, mm -hmm. records era, you know, um, it's this mansion in the countryside and it's just completely debaucherous. She's living upstairs, Billy Joel's drunk driving, crashing his car every night. Oh, yeah. um, famous PR woman, Lizzie Grubman runs over, backs over someone's foot in her SUV and shuts the whole thing down. Well, she wanted me, she was like, she's like telling my, my mom and my dad, she's like, Bird, she calls me Bird, no one knows why, she always has, always will. Bird should come up and be like a, a server, like he can, or a, a, a bus boy. If he comes up to Conscious Point, he'll make $2,000 a night. Whoa, okay. My dad was like, this sounds like a great idea. He'll like meet a lot of people and learn a lot of stuff. And my mom's like, absolutely not. He's going to basketball camp and lacrosse camp. It has to do, you know, Jesus Christ. You know, it's like, <laughs> so I, I had, I could have, I could have been a star. I could have been a contender in, the, in 2000 and been like some teenage almost famous like air like like age you know situation yeah um i remember seeing that movie with my mom and being like oh my god is this us 
That's your mama's boy. But okay, so. so but that I, sliding door closed. That sliding door closed. It was like, no, you're not going to go that route. You're not going to yeah. be that guy. And then by the time it's 2008, I'm like, geez, I sure wish I had something that some kind of calling card in New York City, because that's like where I spent all my time. My sister, um, she had left by then. But, you know, all my friends from school are there. You know, that's that's the cool place to be. You know, D.C., where I'm from, is just, you know, that's that's JV, right? I'm not going to mm-hmm. go back there. Um, it's a second rate, you know, place where nobody cool is. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just didn't want it. I didn't have any prospects. And I go to Tokyo. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I have always known I can go all over the world and work anywhere I want, but I don't really want to be alone uh, when I do that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like a, a pack animal in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But Tokyo just said to me, like, you know what? Just, just don't think about, don't think too hard about it. Just know that there's this, this complete other world that doesn't care about anything related to your past that that, mm-hmm. that you are hung up on. You know, your resume, your grades. Um, you know, whatever it is, like, go be yourself somewhere because it's, you can fit, you can, you can fit, if you can, if you can get along in Tokyo after two days, like you, you're going to be fine. So go, go, go be where you want to be. Don't okay. worry about the job, go be where you want to be. But that was right, right behind be where you want to be was in my mind. It's not where you are. It's who you're with. Mm-hmm. And so in order to make that reconcile that, you know, I was like, well, thank God my best friend is in San Francisco. Okay. And thank God I have, um, you know, a little bit of, of, of history there. And if I look through my Rolodex, I bet I know a bunch more people out there. Oh, my cousin just moved, you know. So it became like, it, it instead of slogging it out at the end of the year and rolling into graduation and goofing off that summer and trying to get serious in the fall, luckily I had a, you know, a spark happen in March that made me say, okay, just pick a place, just put your chips down and, and then you'll be happier. And I didn't move till, you know, August of that year after I graduated. Okay. Okay. Um, But I sure did. And you know, my a friend from school got me a gig in Napa at a custom crush winery called Bin the Bottle. You know, I, I met this friend in, in the wines, actually in the beers class. You know, we, we legit took wine tasting class, legit, awesome. legit took the Anheuser beer, Anheuser Bush sponsored, sponsored uh, beers, you know, yeah. next, down, down the hallway from the Nestle Library. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she's the first non hotel, uh, Liz Edwards, shout out to Liz. Um, although she's married, maybe she has taken on a different name, but, um, she was older. She was a business school person. She said, Hey, I'm going to work for this, this custom crush winery. The, the guy who owns it is a hotel school grad from, you know, back in the day. And, uh, I can probably get you a job if you want. And I'm like, Liz, you're the coolest. Like, not only do you take me to all the bars cause you have an expense account and all of them from your, from your, um, liquor distribution background, but you just got me a job. Mm. Um, I'll see you out there. And so I'm driving across the country um, to get to to get to the Bay Area. And she's like, she calls me and I'm in Nebraska. She's like, do you want to live in, in, I'm looking at a couple of places, okay? One's in Vallejo and one is in Napa. I said, all right, what's the difference? Well, they're both <laughs> equal distant from work, but Napa is a little further away from this, from SF. And, you know, there's not much to really walk to there, but this place in Vallejo has got a pool and a gym and, you know, it's like got parking and it's, it looks pretty cool. And I'm like, 
and it's closer to SF. I'm like, well, that sounds great. Sign me up. So click, hang up the phone. And now I'm just on my way to Burning Man on a whim as I'm crossing the country because my friend suggested I do it. So I stopped right. in Chicago. I bought a bunch of stuff, cooled my heels at a friend's place um, and decided I'm going to this crazy thing in the desert before, <laughs> you know, my first day of work is Monday, Labor Day. Okay. And the man burns on Saturday. Yep. And I'm going to get from there to work on Monday. And I didn't realize how hard that was going to be, but I did it. Yeah. Um, I think my life. <laughs> I think I want to hear about that a little bit, but I, I also think um, your story is pretty special because in my ex personal experience and then over the 20 some years I've been here, having both a job and a place to live is rare. It's usually one or the other because of the economy here and how it works. You had both, that's fucking awesome. So you knew that after this cross country road trip and after this experience at Burning Man, you're like, you're set. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I knew that I was going into a, I mean, it's a, a custom crush winery is like a wine factory, right? Mm -hmm. This was, this was gonna be the most like Steinbeckian like hmm. 2008 thing possible. You know, my, my assets at that point were skis and stuff and mm -hmm. my Subaru Forester. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, another reason I wanted to do San Francisco is because I was, I grew up skiing. The mountains here, yep. was spoiled because my stepdad um, grew up, I mean, no, he didn't grow up. He's like 85. He was skiing in like the mid fifties. He was going oh, to shit. Squaw Valley. He was driving yep. from Palo Alto to Idaho in a VW to go, wow. ski. you know, like, so, so we would, we would fly up to Colorado, which is something that I could not afford to do once I got to be in college and beyond. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I wanted to have access to that via car, there were not that many places I could live. I tried living in Park City, didn't like it. So yeah. I was like, okay, I'll do Tahoe from, from San Francisco. I'll have the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I, um, when it came to um, driving out there, I showed, I, I showed up, you know, in my car covered in dust and um, had come down from the mountain, you know, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. like, no one's going to believe this. I went with a friend of a friend who's now a, a, a dear friend who lives in San Francisco, but I was sort of on my own out there for the first time. And I came back and I just couldn't like begin to explain it. And the first thing I did was I drove to San Francisco, had dinner in North Beach with my best old buddy um, and ate like a ton of Italian food at Sudini's. Oh, uh, yeah. That was his recommendation. And then that's I a good friend. That's a yeah, good friend. Yeah. Yeah, he knew what's up, and um, Jack did, and and I got back in the car and I drove thirty miles to Vallejo, which was no big deal at that point in my cross country mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. um, but I get to Vallejo, and, and my roommate's not there yet. She doesn't get in for another few days. Um, Liz, who got the apartment and the job for me, so I show up. It's nighttime on Sunday night of Labor Day weekend, and you know I'm pulling up in Vallejo, and there's six lanes and palm trees and you know, gas stations and stuff. And it looks like, I don't know, Southern California or something like that. And I'm like, cool, here I am. I pull into my gated community um, apartment complex and I walk up the stairs, second floor, open the door, plop down my bags. And I hear bam, 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 bam. bam. Like probably about 
15 semi-automatic gunshots. And I just, I mean, I'm such a, like, you know, hungover haze <laughs> that I, you know, and I'm, I'm shell-shocked from, from Burning Man that I just walk out to the deck the little porch, you know, I'm not, I don't hit the ground. I'm like, oh, someone's throwing a part, more fireworks. This is great, you know? <laughs> and and I, and I see the perps just zooming down the street with the cops after them. And I'm like, huh, like, what the hell I don't know. That, that's pretty, that's crazy. Guess I'm going to bed. So I can go to work tomorrow in the morning. <laughs> <clears throat> and I go to work the next morning and I'm at, you know, it's the meeting and I'm, you know, we're in the wine, we're in the, the, the wine, the wine factory, you know, it's like, I think more people understand it. It's like, we look like we're brewing beer, but we're brewing wine. Right. And um, um, it was a good mix of guys, you know, all ages. Um, but there are a lot of Latino guys. And they're like, you live in Vallejo, man? I don't even live in Vallejo. You, she lives in Vallejo? I'm like, well, what's the big deal? And, you know, I think someone sent me the New Yorker piece about that, you know, it's the only first and only bankrupt city in America and the police department doesn't have any money. And, you know, welcome to the party, pal. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, luckily, you know, I grew up in D.C. during the murder capital era. And even though I was in the nice part of town, like, I don't I'm not scared. I'm just mm -hmm. doing this. I don't have to worry. You know, I've got a gate and a pool and a gym in my place. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm cording off from like the insanity, I guess. Um, it wasn't insane. It wasn't. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 there was a lot of history. I really love Vallejo. Um, I, I, I worked out there for the harvest and was going into the city every weekend. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. They gave me weekends off instead of yeah. hazing the new college boy and giving him the worst shifts. Some angel gave me the weekend to be normal. And so I would go into the city and, and whatever, um, commute from Vallejo to American can basically the Napa airport right there through American Canyon, you know, it's, it's 2008. American Canyon is hit hard by the recession. You know, mm -hmm. people were driving around in Porsches trying to sell them for 500 bucks and I could barely, barely not afford it. I almost made two really <laughs> dumb decisions. Um, I'm having the best time ever. I'm having yeah, the best yeah. time ever. Music that I've listened to a million times, I'm listening to again, like for the first time and it's better than ever. You know, I am um, meeting people from the East Coast and they're in San Francisco, and I like them better than I would have if they were on the East Coast. <laughs> you know, like everything is coming up, Alex. So that was 08. Gilly Bus is 12, you said? Yeah, 12. Let's, yeah, hear, but... let's hear that story, and, and we'll wrap after so, that. So I, I, um, I, I moved to the city uh, after three months in Vallejo, and I was catering. I was, you know, working at whatever, you know, wine-related gig could, could get me paid um wine pr once uh and eventually the coupon era pops up the groupon era pops up and i'm doing you know for now defunct companies um hospitality sales online marketing stuff like that and you know my first real job like out of school finally yeah. have a real job 2009 10 and 11 and and my, i was good at it but by the time that industry tanked didn't matter how good you were at selling it you know or, or what you knew or who you knew, um, you couldn't get like premier business discount anymore after a while. And I luckily, um, you know, I, I, I fell into a group, a group of friends that were very creative. They had uh, a warehouse that still exists called Go For A Loop. They're not in charge of it anymore, like in the mission mm -hmm. slash Petrero. And um, we, had a, we, had a, we, had, we had an apartment, um, four guys, and um, 
my buddy says one day, hey, you know, um, uh, I'm moving back to New York and I'm buying a bus. And I was like, oh no, that sucks. You're, you know, because, you know, th that's an era where you can, you're recruiting friends in San Francisco, eight, nine, 10, you can get housing, you can get a job. It's not obnoxious to say, get the hell out of New York. Like, I know it sucks. Come here, you're going to love it. And so, you know, this guy's going back the other direction. No, no, you know, he, he got he got out there first. He, you know, he, he made a plan with his girlfriend to get back together. I mean, it's actually a wonderful love story. Um, and so I didn't hear and I'm buying a vintage bus. All I heard was I'm out of here right. breaking up the band. Mm -hmm. um, well, we went and we bought the bus in February 2011. And I suddenly see that this isn't just, you know, this is this is a classic body looking you know this is a classic looking bus we didn't have these on the east coast right um it's rounded it looks like a giant vw this is pretty cool and suddenly you know i knew these guys with a warehouse were pretty handy dandy but i didn't really realize that you know how handy they were till i saw them attack this bus you know with their mm. bare hands i mean these are guys who did not grow up necessarily doing trades and 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 anything like that but they learned skills instead of being jocks like right. me <laughs> right. So, so I said, damn, you guys are killing it. Like, can I like throw in 500 bucks for the stereo? Cause I don't know how to do anything. I can't upholster anything. I don't understand <laughs> how electricity works. I don't, you know, I'm not going to like try to check the oil. Um, I don't know anything. Um, I don't even know how to drive this thing. It was like a 10 speed, mm -hmm. um, but we souped it up and we promptly before Jack moved back to New York, we went on an epic road trip. Um, and uh, I, we went to, they went to Austin, b beyond Austin. They went to New Orleans and back. Um, and so, and then we did Coachella in, in April. I mean, he stretched out his goodbye party for two or three months with this bus. And he goes, I got to go to New York. I can't drive this thing across the state, the country again alone at 55 miles per hour. I just did it. With <laughs> so I'm going to leave it here with you. I'll come back and get it. And okay. so he says, I'll come back and get it. And a year later, um, it's 2012, like March, and he's on his way to come back and get the bus that I've been overseeing, you know, paying parking tickets, moving it, having yeah. a little fun, learning how to drive it. He comes back to get it two weeks before he comes to get it. It gets hit on the street, oh, Damn. Shit. hit and run bumper is all messed up. And he just says, you know, what? I'm going to buy another one for 2000 bucks okay. in Sacramento, another Gillig. And, um, he bought that one. We souped it up. We drove it to New York across the country. And he had it from 2012 to 2017, but suddenly, and now it's back in San Francisco, that bus. Mm -hmm. But the original one, um, I got to keep. And, okay. you know, a year later in 2012, when he came back to buy the other one, and I realized that it's 2012, and now suddenly I own this bus, it wasn't long before I realized, you know, maybe I can start renting it out. And, and, and I could do that because I had a network of people that I had cultivated over the previous four years um, a lot of it related to the East Coast transplants, you know, all the people, the post-college world, um, they knew me. Um, and, you know, my first client was a, a Bernal guy, a local guy who we went to college together. We just didn't know each other. We just had a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. And I remember taking him out for a wine tour and it was like, holy shit, this was great. I can get paid for this. And I met a guy like who I never would have met otherwise, really. Right, I mean, right. I met so many, I met 25, 20 people instantly that day who, wow. you know, the network effect, I mean, it's not even about buzzwords. It's just like, it was really tangible, 
you know, it was really and exponential too. Exponential is the word. Yeah. And it, 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 it changed suddenly again. It was another epiphany. It was another like off to the races thing. Um, and it pulled me out of a rut. It pulled me out of a, another situation where I'd hit a dead end. Is and, it wrong, Alex? Know, is it wrong to say that that first bus was bequeathed to you? I say that all the time. It was bequeathed to me. And um, so it all and, just kind of fell into place and you're like, I'm going to do something with this. That it was bequeathed to me by, by Jack, the Godfather, uh, Jack Bertuzzi. So he's known as the Godfather, of um, you know. It almost seems like a fake story. It almost <laughs> right. seems like a it almost right. seems like a psyop. It almost seems like there's this guy who's like lying about how he started a bus company that you know carries around you know the Bay Area's elite uh, tech people and you know shows everybody a good time. And he's just he's just a you know he's just a regular guy. But no, I really think that what happened was I just had a lot of faith in my friends and that came back to me. Yeah. Um, so if that, I may, story. if I may, you also carry around um, one of the best weddings to ever happen in San Francisco. So you were part of that. <laughs> I know. And you know how good that may, like the, the fact that I that, that that we can share that and that 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 happened despite everything in 2021. Yes. Yes. And um, I get so much joy out of that. And you awesome. just have no idea. Um, I don't have to be there every time to get that. You know, right, driving right. the driving the buses is is almost is a hobby. The, the bus drivers, the Gilly bus drivers. I mean, we got to give a shout out to them because they yes. are absolutely fantastic, and the point men, and they know exactly what it takes to do that job, mm -hmm. and they exceed people's expectations. Like everyone thinks that they're just going to get a, a drone, essentially driving. They don't even think about the bus drivers so much, but. Um, it, the clients are special, the vehicle is special, the driver is special, and then the city. Where yeah. else are you going to be able to do this with no heating yep. and air conditioning? Right. With access to the stuff that we have access to. Right. So I, I consider myself very, very lucky. Okay. What I would like to end with, I think um, this is, for, for for you and Gilly Bus, this is sort of two parts. Um, our theme this year is we're still here. Um and you know, we started that in the pandemic last year. All the changes, all the folks forced out, all the folks who decided to leave, and just the fucking changes that have happened here. But then also, Gilly Bus, this is your 10 year anniversary, so you're still here. It's like, can you speak to that and what it means to you and the and the little your little your little enterprise that you've Oh wow. Um I am more determined than ever I feel so supported by everybody that that whether it's clients friends family that if I had started this business two years ago three years ago I wouldn't I wouldn't have stood a chance mm. and um, because I started a while ago and because I have a decade under my belt. I mean, that's what's keeping me afloat. And I, I, I believe that I that this is my my has been my calling, hmm. and I owe it to myself and everybody to see it through to get it back on track. And where I go from there, I don't know. 
but I was ready the past two years, right before the pandemic hit, I was ready to, to, to really blow up in a, in, in a few good ways that, that my final act with Gilly bus or the, the part where I really kick my feet up and say, this is what I've always wanted to be. That got kneecapped and I'm still working towards that. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a comeback. Um, and it is, all I can do to help bring the city back and and keep the spirit of my you know glory days in it, which may be gone. You know they may be gone um, for me, but I'm 38. It's not that I'm old. It's that you know party busing and stuff like that is is sometimes it's for younger people. But as long as I'm doing this, I'm 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 loving that that my my people are aging with me. You know what I mean? That people are growing up with the buses just as I have. You're using it for your wedding. You're not a 25-year-old. Um, so I forgot what the question was, but it was just, uh, in, in conclusion, um, I just feel so lucky and grateful that um, it that it's happened, that we've made it this far, that there was just no way in hell I was gonna, gonna give up because of, you know, something I couldn't control. That was Alex Maxa. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, meet SF State Journalism Department Chair Rochelle Canical. Episode 35 drops next Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. And now, a quick word from the folks at KQED's Right Now-ish. Ever heard of Right Now-ish? It's a podcast, and I'm the host, Pendarvis Harshaw. We made Right Now-ish because the Bay Area has been undergoing some big changes. So I wanted to talk to the artists and creatives on the front line of history. We chop it up about gentrification, art, healing, you name it. And we have some fun along the way. Man, the first time I put on a pair of spandex, it was like, uh-oh, freedom. Check out the Right Nowish podcast. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 160 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can, please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks. We love email. Drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy, keep dreaming, and we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.